Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay, and my very special guest is Joey, uh, Jody Mattinson. And Jody is the subject and the star of the new film, A Madden's Heaven, uh, Heaven and Hell. And uh, that is, uh, is something that, that li- listen, it's very interesting. It's an interesting read. Let's talk about it, Jody. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Well, how were you, uh, how were you set up for this? Were you, uh, were you prepared to, uh, to, to be featured? What did it kind of sneak up on you? Was this in pre- Was there a lot of preparation involved or, uh, um, I met the director of the, of the film, Courtney Ragland in Vegas, and he was intrigued by my life and he, it was his idea. And so I just rolled with it. It wasn't really, you know, it didn't sneak up on me by any means. I mean, it was something I agreed to do, but it wasn't something that I would have thought upon myself. So. Yeah, now, it wasn't, uh, how, how long ago did it start, and how, how long did it take to complete? Um, it took about a year for completion. Um, it started before my incarceration and completed upon my release, which was three years. I was incarcerated three years, so. Now, you're incorporated, uh, you're, you're incarcerated, I'm sorry, for, for three years for uh, solicit uh, not soliciting, but... Uh, um, uh, prostitution and um no no go come on tell us so tell us what you were incarcerated okay omg go ahead i was incarcerated for federal tax evasion oh okay big difference there okay so yeah that was a, definitely not just a misdemeanor petty crime for you know a sex act <laughs> and by any means yeah now uh, you're out now you're out and about i'm out now yay yeah, and uh, so for, for, well, let's let's talk about incarceration. I mean, what what type of uh, was this like a country club jail or was this a uh, uh, you know orange is a new black type jail? I mean, was it a, was it a tough place or was it? You know what, orange is the new black would really um, fit the description of where I was located. Um, other than a couple of things, but that particular movie or series was um, in a federal institution, and it's very very similar to that. Other than I, my my location um, was a little higher security. There was no like dorm living. There was no like big groups of girls hanging out in dorms and on each other's bunk beds. It was more like cell living, but it was um, pretty much the same as Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you feel threatened in there, or did you feel like they had a handle on it? That the authorities had a handle on it? Um, I never felt threatened or scared. No. All right. Well, let's let's give the website. Let's uh, while people are listening, maybe they could kind of look along. Uh, what's the what's the website that they should be checking out, uh, either social media wise or website? Uh, the website is amadamsheavenandhell.com. Okay, amadamsheavenandhell.com, and that's you. You are the madam. Yes. All right, and you uh, now. What about the uh, uh, the size of the facility that you were running? How many how many girls were working for you? Um, currently, still to this day, I mean, even when I was incarcerated, my business was still happening. You know, I had trusted people that were running it for me. Thank God. Um, I usually have about a hundred girls or so between all of my locations. Now, your locations are are where in uh, the state of Nevada? 
Um, no, I actually just live in Nevada, but I don't have anything going on here. Too much drama. Um, my my services are located in California, Southern California, and um, Salt Lake City, Utah. Believe it or not. Wow. The Mormon I, capital, yeah. Yeah. Now I I can't imagine I, I I can't imagine that it's legal there, right? I mean, is it legal in Utah and California? The prostitution. You know, pro- prostitution is illegal. And a lot of people think when you when you hear escort service, a lot of people just are drawn to prostitution. I offer time and companionship to gentlemen that are in need of somebody to keep them company. We don't offer sex services. I can't sell a girl to go out and do anything illegal for money. You know what I mean? Right, but you can't control what so, she does after she leaves your your uh, I can't. Right. All I can assure all I can assure her is that I don't expect her to break the law. I don't expect her to do anything that she's not comfortable doing and that she's not getting booked out to these calls to do anything for sex. And I have to make that very clear and specifically clear. I even have meetings with a company lawyer that basically wrote a lot of the ordinances in the city of Salt Lake. Um, It's a very, very prosperous business there because it's considered a hobbyist state, meaning there's not a lot of things to do there. So they see girls for fun. Like, that's their hobby. They save their money to see girls. If you just tune in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, people are always really surprised about, like, that, you know, the business is so is so popular there, but it, it really is. I mean, these guys are, they were, most of them raised in a controlled environment where they were taught that, like, you know, sexy girls are off limits and were bad and evil. And so when they do get some freedom, they just, they go crazy. If you're just tuning in, let me remind everyone that this is Frank McKay, but more importantly, Jody Mattinson is our very special guest. A Madam's, and you give it to us, the film's name is A Madam's Life in Heaven and Hell? It's, well, it's actually just called A Madam's Heaven and Hell. A Madam's Heaven and Hell. And it, it will be available uh, on uh, on Vimeo, on demand. And uh, yeah. that's, uh, it, you know, that, that's certainly a, a great spot. Everyone gets Vimeo. Everyone who, you know, uh, that knows how to turn on a computer gets Vimeo. And uh, that's a, a great place to be seen. Uh how did you like, and I, I know we touched on this a little bit, but do you feel like you are getting a chance to tell your story and you can kind of clear the record up? I mean, is that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that uh, is that the feel you have here or is it just something uh, completely different? No, that's totally it. Yeah, people, you know, they're very judgmental. They really don't know what's going on. And my story is very, it's, I mean, it's interesting just from how I was raised to how I ended up being who I am today, you know, and I think it's, I think it's appealing to a lot of people, pretty much everybody. I mean, everybody would be interested in some part of it, whether it was the abuse I endured as a child and then a teenager and, you know, being homeless to doing what I had to do to get out of that situation. Like, I'm a survivor. It sounds like it, and and everything I've I've read about you, it's uh, it sounds like you you've definitely uh, you've been through a lot, and you're surviving, and you're you're standing on your feet. Let, let's do a little bit of uh, Jody Mattinson history here. Where were you born, and where were you raised? I was born in Utah, um, small town in Utah, and pretty much raised there as well. A Mormon. Yes, I was raised Mormon, LDS. Hmm. Now, uh, just shed a little light on on the Mormon religion. 
uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, you, you know the success that Trey Parker and Matt Stone had with the Book of Mormon. Did you ever see that? No. Have you heard about it? I haven't. Yeah, I, I mean it's a it's a huge you know a huge Broadway hit. I haven't seen it, but I mean I know that you know South Park, uh, they they obviously uh, uh, they do things purposely to offend, and I'm sure Mormons all over the place are are, are offended uh, by this. Uh, what's oh you said Broadway hit? I think I actually have heard of it. Yeah, oh it's it's huge. It's uh, the Book of Mormon. It's a you know it's a monstrous um, success. But what's your view on the on the Mormon religion? And keep in mind, I'm not passing judgment. I don't know. I, it's not a rhetorical question. What's your view on the Mormon religion? Yeah, and you know, honestly, I don't really know either. Um, I know that when I was raised and my parents forced me to go to church, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, and then when I got older and learned a lot of the rules and whatnot of the religion, it just it was it was something I never really wanted to 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 to, to do. Like. I would never take my kids to the Mormon church. I mean, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in that religion, it, it seems like. Um, but I, I'm really not the best person to ask. I'm not too educated. I was one of those girls that was forced to go to church. And while I was in church, I was messing with my brothers and sisters. I wasn't really paying attention. What, what so about, I, don't, I don't really know a whole lot about it. What about the polygamy, <laughs> uh, the polygamy aspect of it? Uh, Mormons uh, believe in polygamy, right? And, and they believe in, uh, you know, man's right to have more than one wife, uh, you know, and that's... You know, not the, not the modern-day Mormons. Um, now, there are little towns in Utah and right outside of Utah that do have communities that um, are only polygamists living there. But as far as the modern-day Mormons, no, they don't. They don't go for that. So somewhere along the line, it got switched up to where it's not righteous and it's not—they they don't agree with it anymore. But, yeah, back in the day, they completely did, as far as I know. Frank McKay so. here, and Jody Mattinson is our very, very special guest, and she is, uh, she is a subject and the star of a new documentary— and tell us a little bit about the filmmaker. Who's uh, who's the creator of this? Uh, the creator is um, Frank Williams. He is also the uh, producer of American Gangster. You know, he's won several awards. He's pretty successful and tremendous he did a good career. Job on he's film. having I'm really a, happy with it. Yeah, he's having a, a tremendous career. And mm -hmm. is did you work with him uh, hand in hand on this? Uh, were you on the set constantly, or did you get a uh, did you get an opportunity to? Uh, to uh, you know, allow delegation. In other words, you were you were the subject, but you didn't have to be there for every little detail. What what, what was the situation? Exactly. So you got to come in when exactly. you when needed, but not uh, you didn't have to be there every single day. Right. Now, are you looking at? I, I guess it wouldn't be dailies, but we you know, like weeklies of this. Did you get updates? Did they say? Uh, it, was it the type of thing where they would point out? Uh, well, Frank would point out, hey, look, we, we need your opinion on this. I mean, uh, you know, give me give me a little bit of the uh, the process that uh, that you went through and, um, and and the type of input that you may have given. Was it just kind of correcting facts? Uh, well, I mean, they videoed me at work. They videoed me at my home, uh, me interacting with my children. They videoed me actually going, turning myself into the federal prison in the Bay Area, San Francisco area. 
Um, so they videoed like a lot of my just daily life and about the business and a little bit of my social life as well. And as far as the interviews and whatnot, um, you know, there was a lot of cutting out we had to do of the interviews because I didn't want to possibly like get in trouble or, I mean, there was some incriminating stuff that, you know what I mean, like could have been said. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of watering down, I should say, yeah, well, as far as what was said of the documentary. <laughs> was this your first time incarcerated? Yes. Yeah, you never, were you arrested prior to this? I have been arrested before for petty things, and I was immediately bailed out. Like, I never slept over in a jail before. Yeah, like holding cell type things, right? You just kind of... Right. Yeah, so, I mean, this was this was culture shock. Uh, how old are your children? Um, right now, they're 13 and 9. So when you went in, they were uh, they were 10 and, uh, and 6? No, because I've been out uh, for a couple of years. So they were actually... Younger than eight that. and yeah, yeah, like I think eight and eight and six. Well, it's very or eight and five, four maybe. Yeah, it's very four. harsh to take uh, children away from their their mother, and you know, I mean, I you know, obviously, if, if you murdered somebody or you did something, you know, major harm to somebody, I could, I could see it. But uh, what they're talking about was tax evasion, and yes, which I paid the taxes as well. I just got in trouble for signing a form that was a marriage filing jointly form. And it wasn't like it wasn't like I intentionally screwed the government out of money. I just was uneducated on the whole tax ordeal, and I trusted my accountant and my ex-husband. And I signed a form I shouldn't have. So, is there anyone on the government side who's questioning the harshness of this publicly? I doubt it. Or are they just kind of circling the wagons, and they and, and they all agree that you know hey, she she deserved this. That's a that's a hard thing to take a mom away from a kids or vice versa. What it was is it was my indictment. I got indicted in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it was the nature of the business. Had I been in Vegas, New York, Miami, L.A., any big major city, but I was in Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, there were these girls that got on the stand claiming they made a half a million dollars a year when they were 21 years old. And that pissed the judge off that these girls were making that type of money at this nature of a job. And um, I believe it solely had to do with the nature of the business, straight up. Like, they had no evidence. Besides the fact, I mean, for what I did in signing that form, that should have got me, like, six months probation. But they completely just gave me the maximum amount, and um, it, it was ridiculous. And I know it was because of where it was. It was Utah. If you're just tuning in, once again, Jody Mattinson is, uh, is our special guest. The film, the film, uh, once again, is A Madam's Heaven and Hell, and she spent three years in, uh, in federal uh, prison for uh, for tax evasion and and she is uh, in charge of an escort service is that the, the proper name for it yes escort service and uh, you know and again i'm not being snide when i when i say that but uh, that's that's your official like if you were to put on a, a form what you do you you run an escort service is what you do Right. Okay. Exactly. Good. Right. right. Uh, and you know, I, right. They they say a brothel. Did they use the term brothel in the trial? A brothel is actually a location where gentlemen come to a house, a whorehouse, basically, right. is what a brothel is. So this and isn't that. I have that, office, yeah. 
No, and in brothels, it's legal prostitution. Escort services are offering time and companionship to, to guys or women, whatever. However, it's not for a prostitution act. So let's get that clear here. Sure. Um, you know, a brothel, again, is uh, they're usually on the outskirts of Nevada in, like, Pahrump, Nevada, and other little cities in Nevada that where prostitution is legal. And, um, no, I don't run a brothel. I would love to run a brothel, actually. I'd love to buy a brothel or open one. That would be awesome. Right? Yeah, I'm going to ask. I mean, the the silliest question in in the world is is you, of course, you think prostitution should be legalized, right? You don't think this should be an illegal activity? I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do think it should be legalized. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it, it's legal in Nevada. It's not actually legal in Las Vegas, right? It's, it's it's not legal in Clark County. It's only legal exactly like the city where MGM. All the hotels are the wind, Bellagio. In the city limits of Clark County, it's completely illegal. And a lot of people come here because they think that they can actually get a prostitute, and it's legal. Like, they come here just strictly for that, but it's um, it's illegal in Nevada or in Las Vegas. On the outskirts, about you have to drive about 30 minutes away, and they have that's where they have the brothels, where you can go in there and you can say, hey, I'd like to pick that girl right there to have sex with me. Now, what about the surrounding states? Is Nevada the only state that uh, that has that uh, legality? I think that I know of, yes. So while you were incarcerated, your business was still being uh, being run, and it was being run by people you trusted, and, and you, you did yeah. all right while you were in there? I did. I did okay, yes. My sister moved into my house and took care of my kids so they didn't have to be uprooted and change their environment. And that was the main thing. When I told them when I was going to prison, um, I said, you know, mommy, they they didn't even know women went to prison. They were like, oh, my God, I didn't know women even went to prison, mommy. I said, what can I do to make this okay for you guys and to make you guys happy while I'm gone? And they said, we just want to be around our friends and our toys. So, um my sister moved from Utah and moved into my house, and they went to the same school. They kept the same activities, tried to keep everything as normal as, as we could in that situation. As far as business, yeah, I have about 10 secretaries that run my offices for me, and, um, you know, because I am a single mother, and that's my priority. And uh, they, they did the same. They just ran everything as if I was there, so... Yeah, well, it's that's uh, good news. Uh, how much have your daughters changed in the three years that you were away? And and do you think that there's, you know, I, I mean, it it would be impossible to say whether they missed a beat yet. You know, you'll you'll have to you'll have to see as that goes along. But boy, it's it's horrible, it's just horrible to take a mom away from uh, the kids, and you know, just under these circumstances. I mean, I could see probation. I could see. Whatever, but they—I think they're punishing you for the for for the idea of escorts. I mean, that's uh, oh, totally, completely, and it was appalling because my ex-husband, who are you know the father of my two kids, he also did prison time, and they wouldn't. I was like, well, can I go first, and then he goes when I get out, so therefore the kids don't have to be separated from both parents because he's an active father. And you know, we're not together, but he's very active and he's a great dad. But uh, they, they, they sent us away at the same time. So it was it was heart-wrenching, most definitely. 
so let's get the website from you again and let's get the the information where people can get uh, to see this documentary it sounds like it's going to be terrific and and riveting and you know disturbing all at once give us the uh, and again jody jody mattinson is the subject yeah. and the star of this film and uh, a madam's heaven and hell go ahead give us the give us the info Yep, that's it. It's madamheavenandhell.com. And you'll be able to see that on Vimeo On Demand. Jody Mattinson is our very special guest. And again, this is Frank McKay. And the name of the film that we're talking about is A Madam's Heaven and Hell. And Emmy Award winning Frank Williams is the, uh, is, is the creator of this. And the director was Courtney Ragland. And she's also won awards. We're coming right up on a break. Again, Frank McKay, my special guest, is Jody Mattinson. A Madam's Heaven and Hell will be back right after this. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. And my very special guest is Jody Mattinson. And she is the subject and the star of a documentary that you can see on Vimeo On Demand. Uh, it's called A Madam's Heaven and Hell, and a, uh, a fascinating look at the uh, incarceration and, and I guess everything you know based around this, and you'll tell us a little more. Jody was incarcerated for tax evasion, not for, um, what would the term be, facilitating a, uh, a prostitution ring, which is, isn't what she is. She, she's... Uh, again, this is, I, I have to say this, right? That you're claiming that you're running an escort service. You don't know what happens afterwards. So it's not a brothel. It's not, uh, and these, these girls technically aren't prostitutes. I know people will disagree with that, but, uh, American gangster producer, Frank Williams is the creator of this. And, uh, Jody, welcome back. Hi. Hello. Okay. So now the, the creation of this business. Now, when did you when did you start up? And again, uh, you're, you're speaking to to an audience that you know. Whenever you speak to anyone, and they and and especially with the name of the film being a madam's heaven and hell, uh, they're looking at you as a, as a madam of a brothel. And no matter what you say, you know, there's going to be certain people that aren't being sympathetic. I just want to remind them that you you spent three years incarcerated for tax evasion, and you were you were taken away from your your girls, your your two little girls. And normally, it's actually a boy and a girl. I, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. Yeah, boy and a girl, and uh, and taken away uh, from them, which is which is harsh. And you say, and I'm going to take your word on it, just because I don't have any info in front of me, but uh, that what you did would normally carry a penalty of six months uh, probation, and and not not even six months in jail, but never mind three three years in jail. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, the federal system, they have to go by a certain guideline, and it's pretty much up to the judge to give you either the maximum amount or the lowest amount. And But there is a guideline that they have to go by. And what would the lowest amount of them? I, I believe it would have been about like six months probation, if that. Um, but however, he did, because I think it was because of the nature of the business. You know, I, I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, where all the Mormons are very strict, a lot of hypocrisy going on there. Um, I believe just because I was there in that city and that's where I got indicted and I went to trial, I believe it was just because of the nature of the business, the judge wanted to make an example out of me. Um, he separated me from my kids for three years. 
which was hard, but we survived and we're back and everything's good. Who was your lawyer? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want to put my lawyer on blast. Well, I, I'm sure he shows up in the documentary, right? No, he, well, he shows, well, I have a lot of attorneys, but the okay. particular one that defended me on this one is not in the documentary. L- listen, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's public record, you know, like, well, I guess you'd be flattered if somebody did the research <laughs> to do it. Let me remind everyone, uh, the woman who just laughed at that question is Jody Mattinson, and she is the subject of A Madam's Heaven and Hell, a new documentary. Uh, Frank Williams, right, is the creator, award-winning uh Frank Williams, who is also known for uh, American Gangster, and uh, what is a Mormon police officer's daughter? Is that is that you? Yes. Yeah. So let's let's go into this a little bit. All right. So your father's a Mormon police officer, and well, he's retired now, but yes, growing up he was. All right, growing up he's a Mormon police officer. Uh, now, uh, how is that? How is that relevant? I guess that's relevant because. It's, uh, you know, it, it's sort of um, man bites dog, right? A, a, you figure a cop's a Mormon daughter would grow up to be, you know, a Mormon wife, housewife, and uh, and stick to the rules. And here we are, madam, right? It's Madam Jody. Right. And, and that's the irony there. So tell us about, tell us about growing up and tell us about, uh, you know, unfortunately, the abuse that you, uh, that you uh, engaged or that were you know, subject to. Well, growing up, I was never, I was always grounded. I think it was because, you know, my parents were just really strict. They wanted to protect me. I don't know, but I had no privileges whatsoever. And then I got into a relationship um, when I was 18. Pretty much I was forced to marry him because my parents wanted me to. They didn't want to be responsible for me anymore, um, either financially or to me, I feel like emotionally. This guy came along. He was 10 years older than me. Uh, We got married pretty much immediately. Um, he ends up being a woman beater, really bad, like crazy. Um, I ended up in a homeless shelter because I had nowhere to go. My parents pretty much wouldn't let me come home. They said, you're grown, you're 18, you're married now, you're on your own. No, you can't come home. And I was afraid for my life. Um, I saw this man shoot another man. I mean, I, and I, oh my God, it was. Is this the father of your time. children? Is this man the father of the children? No, you, no, he's not. This okay, this is not. This is another. This is my first husband. I've been married two times. Okay, I was only eighteen. Okay, I saw this man shoot another man after he had just violently beat me up to go with him, and I ran. I ran several blocks. I had nowhere to go. That's when I used the payphone to call my parents, and I ended up in a homeless shelter, a women's shelter, that night, and. Uh, couldn't think of anything but how I wanted to just go back to my place and get my clothes. I at least needed some, you know, clean panties and some shoes and whatever. While I was there in the women's shelter, I was watching Oprah Winfrey, and there were working girls on there that were claiming how much money they made and, you know, making several hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And that's what opened my eyes to thinking, you know, maybe I could do that to get back on my feet again. So that's where it all began. Mm. So Oprah, uh, Oprah inspired <laughs> the uh, the uh, the the prostitution. That you, now, so you were a prostitute at one point. I was an escort. I, I started off being an escort, entertaining, um, going and doing dates with with guys, and that lasted about a year. And this is when I was barely eighteen. Um, I wasn't really happy doing it. I felt a little uncomfortable. Um, but I needed to do what I had to do to get back on my feet, to get money, to get possessions, a car, furniture, a place. 
I needed to get all my possessions back that I lost when I left my husband. And once I did that, um, I started running a gentleman's office doing his phones and answering his phones. I was his secretary. And that's pretty much where I learned the the basics on how to like actually run and open a service as far as like the business aspects of everything. Well, let me just let me jump back to to my initial question and let me preface it by saying this. Uh, because of, and again, I'm I'm hearing your side, and I'm taking what you're saying as law, right? I, I you know, this is uh, this is horrible. Women have to deal with this all the time. Well, not you know necessarily watching somebody shoot. Did he kill the guy that he shot, or he just wounded the guy? I don't think so, because he shot him in his leg. So I'm I'm assuming okay. just, I didn't stick around for anything. I saw it happen, and that's when I ran. I, I have uh, listen. I, anybody that abuses a woman, I have no use for, and I'm sure anybody listening. Uh, you know, would would say that they're the scum of the earth and and everything else. So we have no uh, no sympathy there, but uh, certainly have sympathy for you and and you know other uh, people that are victimized in that situation. Uh, you know, later later on when you get into the tax evasion is probably where you lose some uh, some sympathy. But let me ask you again, and again, I'm not being judgmental by any means. I don't I, I don't you had to do what you had to do when you say you were an escort. Uh, is, is there any do- downside to saying, yes, I was a prostitute um, for that year? And again, I'm not being judgmental and I'm not uh, definitely not trying to come down hard on you. I'm, I'm with you on this. I mean, I'm, I'm with you and I think people are uh, listening with you. But uh, for, uh, for years, is, it, is there a downside? You can't be charged, right? Or are you afraid just from a public relations standpoint that um, the fact that you uh, engaged in prostitution, it, it makes less of a case? I don't, you know. I don't think that. So for that year, let me ask you again. For that year, you were you you engaged in in the uh, profession of prostitution, right? Um, what I did was I actually went on dates with guys that you know are three times my my age, and um, I was pretty much like their arm candy. Okay. I would you know fantasy role play, model lingerie, kiss and cuddle. You know there was there was some intimacy going on okay. for money, yeah. absolutely. So I got you. All right, no, no, and and no judgment here. And you, listen, you had to do what you had to do. All right, so you get. <laughs> you 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 get out of that in a year, you said, and what do you get into in yeah. a year? I did. I was I was really blessed to um, the guy that I worked for. He needed a secretary, and he liked my work ethics. And um, so I was really blessed to have the, you know, to get the phone position because I didn't have to like actually date anymore. But I was still pretty much making the same amount of money on the phone. So that was really helpful, and it gave me like a lot of knowledge to do my own thing. You know. Another reminder that Jody Mattinson is our very special guest, and this is Frank McKay. Jody is the subject of the movie A Madam's Heaven and Hell, and it's a Frank Williams production. Uh, Frank Williams known for his work with uh, American Gangsters, great work with American Gangsta, and uh, very successful. And again, the director is, I give the lady's name again, I'm sorry, I, she's an award winner uh, also. <laughs> what is her name? Uh, uh, the director is actually Courtney Ragland. Courtney Ragland, and, and, and it's a, and it, he's a man. Oh, he's a man. I apologize. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, when do you get into owning a uh, an escort service? Um, after I was about like twenty three years old. And how far after you worked as an escort for that one year? How 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 much time? Um, it was about four, about four years later. Okay. Four or five years later. Um, the Olympics were coming, the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics, you know, were coming to Salt Lake. So I thought the market was pretty much wide open at that point. 
Did you do this alone, or did you have some kind of, uh, uh, did you have a partner, or did you have, uh, you know, somebody that was kind of sharing the responsibilities of setting it up, or did you do it on basically solo? Um, I did it with my kid's father. Okay. And it's, you know, it sounds like it was a successful business model. I mean, how soon were you making money? We were making money immediately. I mean, the first day we were open, I made sure that, you know, we had the girls lined up, the advertisement, everything Everything was great from the beginning, pretty much. Now, how do you get girls to do this? Is it like a Craigslist thing? Is this pre-Craigslist or is this a post-Craigslist? Uh, this, this was definitely pre-Craigslist. Um, pretty much to find girls, by, if I saw a pretty girl in public, I would give her a business card, tell her she could make a lot of money if she's interested. Or I would advertise like um, in the newspaper, the local newspaper, or at the colleges, I would put flyers. You know, just wherever. I mean, wherever the girls hung out, I would put, um, like, cards or flyers at the bars, restaurants, whatever. Now, uh, did you get um, questioned by the police while you were doing this, while you were recruiting? Was there any uh, any uh, blowback on that? Was there any uh, pushback where you, um, uh, you, you know, were, were questioned, what are you trying to do here? No, because my business is licensed. Um they know. I mean, I have a, I have an actual office where they can come in at, at, at any point in time and search the office to see if anything illegal is going on to make sure all the girls that we are working are licensed. They all have to have a health test, a criminal background check, and they, they can come in at any point in time and see what's going on. It's in the ordinance. Like, they don't have to have a search warrant. I have to let them in. So they, they know what's going on. They know exactly what's going on. Now, what did you have to do to get that kind of license? Were you investigating? And you just... I just had to pay the pay the fee, have a place. I mean, there's hoops you have to jump through with all businesses. You know, you just got to make sure that you have everything that they want as far as, like, the licensing and the ordinances and the location zoning, you know. It's like a DBA, like you, you would do it doing business as. They call it, you know, they, they call it here. And as, so you basically just set up the, uh, the situation. And as I guess it's just open to... Uh, them coming in, and, and you have to be careful. Did you ever get busted, or did any of the girls ever get busted for prostitution while you were running this escort service? Um, yes, they have been. All right. Was it a common occurrence, or was it a rare situation? No, it's it's not common at all. It's pretty rare. and um, I mean, you know, once a, a month, times, once a month, twice a month? What, what kind of frequency? I'd say maybe like once a year. Well, okay. All right, that's... You know, again, I know people are listening to us saying, oh, my God. But once a year is not a lot. You know, I mean, and and again, once they leave your leave your office, you you have. Now, mind you, the cops do things much more often than that, you know. Yeah. But the girls, when we tell the girl, you know, this guy is a new customer. We don't know who he is. He could definitely be the police. And she's going to go in there and she's going to make sure that she follows all the laws, which are they're very strict. And unless you, they have a, a, a law in Utah that you cannot even see a guy naked, like you can't get naked for a guy, you can't, unless he signs a 24-hour nudity notice. If he signs a nudity notice, the girl can go completely naked during their date. He just can't touch her private parts. Jody Mattinson is our very special guest. This is Frank McKay. We've got about five minutes left. You're laughing. You're laughing while you think I'm changing the subject when you when you mention that. But uh, A Madam's Heaven and Hell is the name of the documentary, and it's a Frank Williams production, Frank Williams from uh, American Gangster. And uh, do, you, do you imagine this is going to get a wide viewing or will be very niche 
In, in other words, uh, just a few people seeing it and recognizing it. I have absolutely no idea. What are you anticipating? I'm anticipating um, that my book does very well. I wrote a book while I was in prison, and I, I anticipate that going big. Is that out? Is your book out? It. No, not yet. Okay. Uh, do you have a uh, Do you have an estimate of, of how long it'll take to get out? I would say probably in about six months. And you have a major publisher? Or are you self-publishing? I don't have a publisher yet. Okay. And uh, well, it's interesting. I, it's I, it, it sounds like a fascinating. It sounds like a fascinating uh, uh, read. I mean, everything that you're saying is, is is certainly interesting. And again, like like I said, I, you know, as far as being uh, being uh, abused, I mean, it's disgraceful, and and you have all my uh, sympathy there. I think where you lose sympathy. Um, and and uh, again, you're probably right. You got railroaded because of the type of business it was. It was an escort service, which uh, for for many people is just a euphemism for you know whorehouse, right, or or brothel or whatever you'd want to call it. And you were in Salt Lake City. Uh, and again, not to uh, get on your your lawyer here, but was there any movement towards getting it out of Salt Lake City, having a a, a jury picked from outside of that? No, it wasn't a jury trial. It was a judge trial. It was only a judge making this decision. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, what about change of venue? I mean, was there any? Was there a motion to uh, change venue? Um, I don't believe so. I don't think it would have been possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. I, again, I don't. I don't know your lawyer, but I know uh, it, you're being. Uh, you know, he's probably great and he probably knows the laws there. I'm not a lawyer, that's that's for sure. But I, I also know a lot of people would be <laughs> screaming bloody murder if they'd spent three years for um, uh, tax evasion, you know, with uh, with young kids mm-hmm. out there. Uh, uh, what was the amount that you were accused of and that you were you were convicted? You were convicted, so it's not an accusation. What was the amount? It was high. It, it was almost a million dollars. A million dollars that you... That you uh, allegedly evaded or you were convicted of evading a million dollars or it was a million dollars to be taxed? Mm, Good question. I think it was they said I owed, no, it was to be taxed. All right, so a million. All I know is that my, um, the amount that I owe is is almost, almost a million. Oh, that's what you owed. Okay, so, yeah, well, so, I mean, that, uh, so, I mean, were you, uh, were you doing, uh, were you doing two million dollars a year in in, in profits? Um, oh yeah. More than that. But they charged me. They charged me for the girls' money as well, though. Okay. They, um, the girls' money on their credit cards that were ran through my bank account. They charged me for all of their money as well. Like they charged me. It was way more than two million that they said that we had made in that those particular couple of years. But they, like I said, it was. The whole thing was unfair. So, so financially, you're okay, though. You're okay because the business continued. You're not broke. No, you're not broke. It's just the the time away from the uh, the kids, your your boy and your girl, is um, you know horrible. And uh, and jail? Were you abused in jail? No. So yeah. So it uh, again. It was you know I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was the worst part? We got about a minute left with Jody Mattinson. This is Frank McKay, and the name of the the movie is A Madam's Heaven and Hell, uh, Frank Williams production from uh, America Gangst and uh, American Gangster fame. We got about a minute left. What was uh, what was uh, take the obvious out that you're away from your children? What was the worst part of uh, of being away? Uh, not having any control. 
Yeah. You know, just being being in an environment that was so militant, you know, telling me what time I had to wake up, what time my bed had to be made, what I had to wear, if my shirt was too tight, my pants were too loose. Being told what to do as far as all my actions was really hard. Well, listen, it's... I, and, you know, one last question. We're, we're up against it, and we'll, we'll plug the... Uh, the the movie again, and I wish you had the book to pl- uh, to to plug a bit here. Um, I do too. Yeah, but we will. We'll bring you back, and we'll uh, we'll certainly talk about that. I think uh, it, was it therapeutic? Was the documentary uh, therapeutic for you? Um, it, not really. Writing my book was therapeutic. It was not the uh, why. Why wasn't the documentary? Did uh, did Frank Williams uh, insist upon things that you didn't want in there? Just for the, you know. The oh no, not at all. No, it was mutual. Okay, so if you if you said I really can't put that in there, he uh, he acquiesced. And it wouldn't go in, right? All right. Listen, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we we need more time with you. <laughs> uh, really terrific job, and uh, and certainly uh, for being away from your children and the abuse you you received. I'm, I'm sympathetic. I don't know all the, uh, you know, the whole story about the tax evasion, and I'm I'm sure. Uh, um, you know, obviously, I mean, as uh, you know, the, he had enough to convict you on. It, it's a shame that three years is what you spent on that. And I'll take your word for it that uh, that he could have done the six months. Was three years the the max that you could have done? Uh huh. You think you think if he could have put you in for five years, he would have put you in for five years? Uh, yeah, probably so. Jody Mattinson. Thrilled to have you, and uh, good to have you You back. Enjoy your time with your children. A Madam's Heaven and Hell. Give us the websites again and, and just uh, plug the film. com and Vimeo On Demand. Very good. Jody Mattinson, thanks for being here. Thanks. Jody Mattinson, a Madam's Heaven and Hell.com. Go there, check it out, and it's a, uh, it's a hell of a story, and look for her book in the future. We'll bring her back when the book's ready to go. This is Frank McKay. We will see you next time on Breaking It Down.